Today on the show, Finding Santa, resolutions for this new liturgical year, the law of the gift, our picks of the week, and so much more. The Catholic Underground of Advent starts right now. Alrighty, welcome to you. It is time for the CU Weekly. We are the podcast that tries to cut through the noise of the digital continent and bring you the topics that matter. It's episode number 359. I am Father Chris Decker. Joining me this week, we got Kathleen Lee. She's a religion teacher there at Archbishop Chappelle. I am. Yep, happy which New is, Year to you. Yeah, Happy, happy New, New Year, year right? Uh, she's our locally sourced faith ninja. Hiya. Hiya. Also, I've got Olivia Galino. She's the Associate Director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry for the Diocese of Baton Rouge, and she joins us sitting in her chair. Indeed. It's kind of like the I sanctuary lamp Indeed. of the Catholic Underground. She's always, <laughs> she was always reminding us that... Yes. We are here for the Catholic Underground. Hey, Thank you. Cool. Just beaming hey. over there. Yeah, who doesn't like to be compared to the sanctuary? I mean, lab, that, right? that is a first for me. I should write that in my baby book. <laughs> That's right. Or, or your, your mass journal. My mass journal, yes. which is sitting on my coffee table to be journaled in today. Oh, oh. oh there you go. <laughs> well, you know, you always want to journal about this guy up uh, up in space. Jeff Blackwell is the technical director of the ZU. He's the commandant of the Jeff Star, one near-Earth orbit satellite. Hey, Jeff. It's good to be here, Father. Also, Ed Ball is in the video cave. If you find yourself uh, watching us on any number of the various networks that carry us um, and you're not just listening to us, hello to you. It's good to visually uh, see you. Well, I mean, you you can't visually hear you, but (laughs) nice to be with you. All righty. Well, you know, we are indeed moving into this season of Advent, Mm -hmm. and uh, there's a lot going on with uh, the namesake of of Santa Claus, St. Nicholas, Sinterklaus. And um, we always wonder, where is he buried? Where is where are the remains of St. Nicholas? And, Bari? Uh, well, everyone says Bari. That's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we know uh, all of the stories of, yeah. of, 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 of relics, of relics <laughs> being, um, you know, transferred. But there is actually some, uh, some kind of, I don't know that it's late-breaking, but there's continued discovery and continued analysis mm-hmm. of, of St. Nicholas. And so we know he's definitely not buried at the North Pole. Well, that's why I'm Can thinking, we really like, say that, when though? you said, where is he buried, my first thought was, he's not. Right. <laughs> but yeah, okay, wait. But right. yeah, in, Santa, my, Santa in my adult would not logical... Be. No, right. Yeah. Santa's yeah. got gifts to deliver. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, St. Nicholas has intercession to provide. Yes. Yes. So yes, therefore, he, he must presently, well, generally, presently be, <laughs> be dead and awaiting the resurrection. So, yes. <laughs> don't mean to be a downer. It's just the way it works, you know. Welcome to the Disclai- Underground. Right. a disclaimer. Yeah. <laughs> Hide your children. That's right. Sorry. No, no, no. Uh, but so, so uh, a team of Turkish researchers think that they found new insights into the possible grave of of the man who inspired the Christmas icon, hmm. supposedly. Yep. Um, so beneath the mosaic-covered floor of a church in Turkey's southern uh, Antalya province. Turkish archaeologists have have uh, conducted scans that they believe to indicate the presence of a previously unknown tomb, mm-hmm. and this is happening all the time. I mean, we we tend to think of um, of archaeology in the United States as as something that's oh look we found an arrowhead, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but but in in Europe and uh, and certainly in in the the Near East and in Northern Europe and and even in the East itself, Jeff, there's a lot of old stuff under the ground Mm -hmm. and it's not just petroleum no it's it's like oh look we found a civilization that's right an entire civilization yeah so uh so there's a a church that's that's located in antalya and it's the same it's in the same region in which saint nicholas is believed to have been born and lived during the fourth century Mm. and uh tradition holds of course that saint nicholas was famous for giving aid and gifts to the poor 
And uh, there's a really good website, I'll try to remember to put in the show notes, um, from, of the St. Nicholas Center that tells some of this story of, uh, of, of the legends of St. Nicholas, yeah. uh, where, we, where we, we understand that Santa takes his job today, you mm. see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's true. Um, so, so archaeologists have found the, the possible grave of, of the saint, but there are still some questions, of course, because we have to square that with all of the, uh, the churches that venerate his relics and everything. Um, so traditionally it was believed that the bones of St. Nicholas were stolen, that's right, stolen, yes. because huh. not everybody, you know, is on the up and up. Yeah. Um, Many uh, saints have that kind of pedigree now, yeah. or at least their, their that's right, relics That do. their relics were transferred yeah. at some point. Yeah. Transferred is the nice way of saying stolen. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, well, if, well, if you think about it, okay, so, so like imagine, Jeff, that, uh, that under cover of darkness, um, we were to just go and pick up Disneyland and <laughs> plop it in the swamp of New Orleans, where it was originally supposed to be. Oh, no, really? Yeah, I they, didn't yeah, know that. They, they did You're some surveying right in Louisiana for, yes. for Disney World, I should say, not yes. Disneyland. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, say we could we could uh, pick up and plop Disney World um, in Louisiana. Well, we'd totally do it because we'd get all the, the ad revenue or the revenue, mm-hmm. right, from the tourism industry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So in the ancient world, it was not uncommon to, uh, to, to find a group hired or not to <laughs> transfer the relics from one place to another so that that port or that city would then become a pilgrimage center. I see. Oh, yeah. Their business right. card so. said. You know how it is. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Marketing people. Body snatcher. Yeah. Pro- professional <laughs> translator. Yeah. Rehoming right. expert. Yeah. So, so anyway, so, so, uh, uh, so Demri, which was called Mira in ancient times, uh, was occupied by Arab forces during that, that period in the 11th century. And the stolen bones were believed to have been taken to a crypt of the Basilica di San Nicola uh, on the southeast coast of Italy. Mm. Probably wasn't called that then. Mm. I don't know. Anyway, um, uh, then in 1993, a team of archaeologists claimed that the Mediterranean island of Jamil was the saint's final resting place. And they came to this conclusion based on circumstantial evidence, uh, namely that the island had been called St. Nicholas by sailors. Uh, the remains dated to the 4th century. The ruins there suggested a processional burial. Mm. Um, but under this theory, archaeologists believe the bones were moved to Mira to evade a 7th century Arab fleet. So, so there's all, all of this, this uh, not only political, but historical intrigue there. Yeah. Um, and so convinced that they were buried at the Basilica of St. Nicola. However, Turkish ar- archaeologists demanded that the Italian government return the bones in 2009, which they did not do. So it kind of oh, still continues yeah. today. Wow. You know? yeah. Right. So, so in order to determine what lies beneath the floors of that church there in, uh, in what was Mira, um, they, they began doing work, right? They, they uh, removed the intricate mosaic tile by tile, or they, they would have had to do that. Um, and so uh, antique officials from the Monument Authority have called for archaeologists to assist in excavating what the scans promised could be a major find, but what skeptics are saying is only proven to be patches of hollow earth beneath the floor. Hmm. So you ask yourself, why is there so much heated debate around the bones of St. Nicholas? And actually, this has been one of those debates that's been going on since the 11th century, really kind of before then. Um, and uh, as a saint, his physical remains are considered relics, so they're venerated by the church. And uh, similar debates have arisen over the, the, the remains of, uh, of St. Mary Magdalene, St. Peter, who have been found, in, uh, so, so-called found in different mm-hmm. locations over time. And so this is where we see uh, kind of a, a beauty to, to both the, the, the historical nature and the importance of history and archaeology and, and the earth sciences, if you will, um, in, in helping to kind of bolster faith life, mm-hmm. you know, I was reading, in fact, uh, my pick of the week, I'll talk about it a little bit later, uh, often says that, that those who are biblical scholars, 
Um, one of the, the sad things is that so many biblical scholars uh, kind of say, well, the Bible can't be true. Mm-hmm. And they proceed from that false perspective. Mm-hmm. And then you have, on the other hand, you have those who, who say, well, everything in the Bible is true. Therefore, none of the historical stuff can be possible. Mm-hmm. And uh, the truth, of course, lies somewhere in the middle most oftentimes, mm-hmm. you know. And so that's why, that's why this is important for us. Um, the St. Nicholas Center, as I said, will provide a link in the show notes, which is a Catholic institution dedicated to the legacy of St. Nicholas, maintains that his bones are, in fact, in the Basilica de San Nicola until proven otherwise. Yeah. And so the speculation is premature, um, but it is really interesting. Of course, that's why we kind of bring it onto the Catholic underground to yeah. cut through some of the noise of what you might be hearing yeah. and to try and keep up with some of these things. Uh, if they're found there, they would need to be dated and examined by international experts. Um, and of course, uh, the Turks are very interested in promoting uh, tourism mm-hmm. as well. You know, yeah. uh, even though he is a Catholic saint, um, there there are still vestiges, of course, of of Christianity and certainly Orthodox Christ- Christianity in those parts of the world. Yeah. So really interesting stuff. Um, they uh, they 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 did note the discovery would be helpful for tourism um, in an interview with the Turkish newspaper, but stopped short of claiming that the goal. <laughs> what goal was behind their announcement, you know, and and Mm -hmm. presumably not. Um, They also could do DNA testing. Oh, that's true. You know, now if if you can find um, uh, actual bones and things like Mm -hmm. that, actual relics of the saint. Um, So, so... It's it's too early to say whether or not it is the tomb of St. Nicholas, yeah. but it's really fascinating. That is interesting, and especially because, I mean, the tradition upholds history very well, like you were saying. So a lot of those places that we know, you know, like we know the spot of Christ's crucifixion, we know the spot of yeah, uh, and that's the, something the nativity that's, because right. cr- the tradition upheld them. And then so, they, you know, once history, you know, mm-hmm. got its, that, as we know, it got to a point where that they could, you know, mark things or, or put things, churches on top of them or things like that. People were passing down the, the history right. just orally. And so that's how we know where certain things are. So it's interesting that like, we have the Basilica di San Nicolo, mm-hmm. which we, you know, would seem to be the place where St. Nicholas is buried. Right. And now it's like, well, I don't know. What do we believe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I Since I've been to Bari and I would like to believe that I saw St. Nicholas, I'm going to go ahead and say that's where, that's where he is. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm open to uh, to being contradicted. That's right. Of course, uh, that being said, we, we've also just seen uh, some of the scholarship about uh, the dating of Christ's tomb mm-hmm. that like, oh yeah, as it turns out, there was a church that was built there in, in the 300s. Yeah. And uh, it does indicate that there was something there before that, you know, yeah. and, and this is kind of the beauty of how these things come together yeah. is that our faith is not simply, um, our Catholic faith is not simply something that, that exists in myth mm-hmm. uh, because many, many today would say that in kind of a couple episodes ago, we were talking about the difference between um, or rather the perceived difference between faith and reason. No, 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 they, they come together, mm-hmm. and, uh, and that is part of the expression of our faith as well. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, just some interesting uh, speculation with possible conclusion. And, of course, if we find out anything, you'll hear about it on the Catholic Underground, which is what we are, Jeff. We are the Catholic Underground. Oh, yeah, I did. I threw, I threw Jeff a curve. I'm sorry. Uh, but but I'll, I'll tell you, Jeff, it's uh, yes. It's only because I love Kathleen. <laughs> Uh-oh. And you'll find out in a second why that is. We are the Catholic oh, Underground. Okay. We're online at catholicunderground.tv. I'm Father Chris Decker, joined by Jeff Blackwell up in space, punching all the buttons. Olivia Galino is, uh, well, she's here on Earth. I'm still here, yes. Yeah. Very grounded, as it were. Well, that's...
tough to debate, but sure. Yeah. We'll go with that. Kathleen's here. Hello. Ed's switching the video. Uh, no, no. The reason that uh, that I that I ended uh, the archaeological dig is is so that we could get to to uh, quite a few. We, we do like a list. We do. And oh, it's yeah. a new year. It is for Catholics, for Christians, right? Yes. It is. This t- this Sunday today, if you're listening to us live, um, as we record, is the new year in the liturgical year in the Catholic faith. So yeah. happy New Year to you all. That's right. Happy New Year. Um, you know what that means. <laughs> Resolutions. Resolutions. And if you're like me and you're thinking back to to uh, New Year's Day of this year in January, um, I've forgotten what my resolution was. And in fact, I think it's because I no longer make them because I <laughs> never, never keep them. It's what always was my like, New Year's resolution? Now you got me thinking. I don't, yeah. I don't remember. Anyway. Um, yeah. It's like it's like the next day, January 2nd. I'm like, shoot. <laughs> Missed it, right? And so the cake is gone. Next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right, yeah. I myself to be a little vulnerable with you all, with our close audience. Um, Hi kids. Is, uh, I I have a a gym membership that I've been paying on for probably three years now. Oh, I've been once, and that was when I had to go take my picture. <laughs> it was a photo ID. Yeah, I get to make it a little, and they're oh. like, "Come in and like you sign up and take a picture," and I was like. <laughs> Do you go to that gym that gives you the free pizza on Fridays? What? Yeah, there is there is such Shut a gym. Shut up. There is. Yeah. No, but we now I will. Because we'll get shut down. And I'll right. only go Tootsie on rolls by the cash Fridays. Uh-huh. <laughs> It'll be awesome. All right, so, um, so, so New Year's is usually about a New Year's resolution. Um, and so let's talk about how we can start a Catholic New Year's resolution. What are some things that we should be looking for? As we begin this new um, season, this new year, because um, Advent's a good time to do that. Yes, absolutely. And um, you know, um, I I went to Mass today and I used my Every Sacred Sunday mm-hmm. um, journal. We were talking about it earlier, and uh, one of the things I wrote about was like, what are you know, what are some things, and it gives you a little place in there. What are some things that you want to do this week? And I'm like, oh. What a novel way to start. Like if I say, if I don't ever pray the rosary and I say I want to pray the rosary every day, odds are it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but what are some things that we can be mindful of that we can start small, we can add on? Here's a list of 20 things. You don't have to do all 20 of them um, right away. But maybe by this time next year, you will have incorporated some of these into Yeah, and this life. is a good way to kind of jog some of those things too. Yeah. I think some of the reasons that we we don't keep our resolutions is that we make 15 mm-hmm. and we try to keep all 15. Right. Yeah. You know? Well, and they're, they're unrealistic to the way that we're living our life now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if um, you don't, like I said, if you don't ever go to Eucharistic Adoration, um, odds are you're not going to spend three hours every day in adoration. That would be beautiful and awesome. Um, but start with one hour, mm-hmm. two or three times a week, um, or just once a week mm-hmm. and build off of that. So here are a few things. Um, St. Therese of Lisieux's Little Way turns out to be as doable outside a convent as inside. If you ever read her book, it's just about making small, small life decisions, small daily choices. Um, and you think, oh man, but she's holy and she's a saint. Well, guess what? You can do it in your own life as well. Little ways can become habits to holiness. Like letting someone go ahead of you in traffic. I know I, I make the drive every Sunday from New Orleans to Baton Rouge. I'm about to start my own driving school and I'm about to start tagging people. You get to go to Kathleen's driving school. And so to, like even today there was there was several, you know, everybody was waving at each other in just not nice ways. And, and I was like, come on, y'all, this is the season. I just got out of mass and we, we got to love each other. But even, you know, letting somebody go ahead of you mm-hmm. in line or letting, you know, as long as, they're not skipping everybody else or in traffic, mm-hmm. um, giving people 
just just a little bit of of kindness yep. is awesome um taking the piece of pizza where all the pepperoni slipped off that's a big one right that'd be fine oh. with me i don't pick fall like on your sword yeah. or i like a cheese pizza yeah no, that's wrong or so picking for me it would be <laughs> handing the person you know the part where all the cheese slid off that's just wrong, that's I, wrong. It, it is wrong that make breaks my heart <laughs> or uh picking up someone else's garbage if you're getting up from from the table hey can i take your tray for you can i take yeah. your plate? yeah yeah uh, a little diaconia. yeah mm. again small no big deal but in today's society people like lose their minds mm-hmm. i can't believe you're picking up my trash it's gonna be all right <laughs> number okay. two uh pray a rosary of gratitude i was talking to my students we came back from the thanksgiving holiday and i asked them what are you thankful for and they're like miss lee thanksgiving is over and i was like guess what <laughs> no it's not right. <laughs> right what are we what are we continuing to be thankful for as we enter into this this season mm-hmm. um but um putting that thanksgiving into a prayer Right. Um, thankfulness leads to humility, love, and acceptance of God's will. Yeah. Simply think of something you're grateful for in each bead of the rosary. Um, it's easy, but it's transformative. Mm-hmm. Right. When our prayer becomes something more than words that we just say to get it over with. Right. But it becomes meaningful. Intentional mm-hmm. is is a good word. That's mm-hmm. why I love the the very word rosary. Is mm-hmm. that you're essentially you're saying here here is a rose for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here is another rose for you. And, and it, it can be a very good spiritual exercise to put something behind that handing of the rose. Yeah. You know, the Hail Mary is the rose, right? Mm-hmm. But what's the intention behind the sure. rose that you're giving? Yeah, multitask with uh, CDs, podcasts, or Catholic radio oh, while yeah. you're doing mundane things like folding laundry or mm-hmm. other things that you do around your house. When you're decorating for Christmas, mm-hmm. which some of you um, already have done that like three weeks ago, but if yeah. you're you know if you're still decorating for Christmas, put on find some good um, Advent music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Advent at Ephesus. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, not just you know rocking around the Christmas tree, but things that lead you into deeper prayer into the, the meaning mm-hmm. for this liturgical season that we're entering into which is not christmas yet okay that's right <laughs> bring it back down have you no- have you noticed <laughs> on twitter that a lot of folks are changing their um their their names because it's easy to change your name on twitter mm-hmm. not necessarily your handle but your name and they're using it to make these neat little uh like plays on their last name so like mine would be i haven't done it but i guess i'm gonna have to now father chris decker the halls Oh, so they do that for different, you know. That's cute. Yeah. Like uh, Kathleen Lords a Leaping or something. That's a long <gasps> That's one. Oh, I love cute. it. Cinnamon, yeah. back chat mm-hmm. at Catholic Underground. I need some good ones. Okay. Um, have short memorized prayers ready or an ongoing rosary for life's delays, right? Um, keep, type out your favorite prayers, laminate them, and keep them handy. Put them in your car. Put them in your wallet. Put them in your, in your bag. Uh, when you're sitting in traffic, when you're waiting at the doctor's office, um, put, stick it on your microwave, and when you're waiting for those uh, breakfast pizza, burritos, I must say pizza pockets. That's what's, <laughs> that's what's in my, my microwave. But when those things, you know, when you have that moment where yep. your mind just drifts, mm-hmm. what are those things? And I'm always finding a prayer that I I would like to memorize. Mm-hmm. I have a horrible memory. Um, one of one of them is the Salve Regina. I want to mm-hmm. know how to. I I can get like the first. And then it just, mm. I don't know. Yeah. So that was the first thing we learned in Latin class, actually. Yeah. Was the it's beautiful. Yeah. And I, I'd love to, to, to put that in my, in my memory. You know there. what? Um, if you go to the Apostleship of Prayer website.org, apostleshipofprayer.org, I think they still have those morning offering cards that will stick to your mirror. Oh, nice. Because yeah. I, I have I have my um, um, Militia of the Immaculata prayer mm-hmm. on my yeah. mirror so that while well, I'm brushing my teeth, Cool. You nice. know, yeah. Like that. If In it's my not, guard, I can this is what I find. If it's not visible, it's 
it's not doable. Right. Um, so put it in your face. It's going to be all right. Um, number five, find out the saint of the day every day and ask for their prayers. Mm -hmm. They have pull people. This is mm -hmm. why we pray to them. Um, mm -hmm. and a lot of times, you know, one day it could be St. Padre Pio and you're like, yes. And then one day it could be St. So-and-so who was a hermit. Mm -hmm. Pray to them anyway, because yeah, right. obviously they're a saint for and, some and, reason. And these are our family too, right. you know, yeah. in the same way that you ask your family members for prayers over some stuff that you might be going through. We ask the church triumphant. We ask our brothers and sisters who have gone before sure. us with the sign of faith for those intercessions. Yeah. Number six, in kind of the same way, talk to your guardian angel. I think that's something that we, you know, at least in my mind, we tend to reserve for the children. Yeah. Um, but our guardian angel, some of them work overtime for us. Secret service uh, agent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they they are walking with us every day, and so so call on them for prayer. Mm -hmm. um, in, in the everyday, you know, uh, take an area pilgrimage to a nearby shrine or cathedral. Yeah. Um, adding elements such as walking, uh, taking the bus and fasting can raise it to the level of a real Holy land pilgrimage. That's mm -hmm. true. Even if it's, you know, to, you know, down the street or, you know, downtown or even to another state. Mm -hmm. Um, there are some beautiful, beautiful, uh, pilgrimage sites, even here in the United States. And this idea comes from the Catholic hipster handbook, rediscovering mm. cool saints, forgotten prayers, and other weird but sacred stuff. I think Jim, our, uh, our, one of yeah. our managing editors, says it's a good book, by the way. Yeah. Yep. Definitely yeah. worth the mention because now I want to be yeah, that's a, a great Catholic subtitle. hipster. Oh, you and I are. need a handbook. I need a Kathleen's handbook for like sure. like the leader of the Catholic hipsters. <laughs> that's I need right. a handbook. Have you seen her scarf? An instruction. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I need a handbook, an instruction guide, all that. So uh, that's... I'm going to check that out for sure. Yeah. Uh, number eight, also something that we reserve for certain times, but maybe we can do daily is fast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right? There's, there's sacrifice to be had at every meal, um, such as holding the mayo, uh, and mm -hmm. a sandwich or skipping the fry. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Right, fasting what? is powerful, so yeah. why not slip what it in more fuck? often? I know, right? <laughs> and again, being be intentional about that. Mm -hmm. right. I'm yeah. fasting for this person who I know mm -hmm. is suffering. Mm -hmm. yes. um, I'm, I'm fasting for this person who is, is sick. Um, you know, I'm fasting for whatever purpose, but be yeah. intentional. And, and Jesus is very clear about the power of fasting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It drives it, out demons, right? And sure. it doesn't even have to be, because I know some people like fasting from food is not really much of a sacrifice. Mm -hmm. I don't understand that, but I mean, yeah. that's awesome <laughs> if that's you. Um, but something that I've tried is like fasting from things that I find comforting or I, I really enjoy. So yeah. like mm -hmm. music in the car. Yeah. So sometimes I'll like commit myself to a day of kind of silence. Yeah. And it's hard because right. like I want to listen to my playlist and silence kind of hurts sometimes. Yeah. But even those things, those are a little, little fast. A little mini Lent is always yeah. a good yeah. thing, right? Social fast. media is another good one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, set an alarm for 3 p.m., the hour of mercy, to pray mm -hmm. a divine mercy chaplet. Or 6 noon and yeah. 6 for the uh, mm -hmm. the Angelus. For the Angelus, right. Um, these are, again, small small prayers. They're not super long, uh, but they take some being intentional. Mm -hmm. uh, pray for the people who irritate you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> As we all know, we got some of those that need some prayers, right? And, <laughs> and it helps me. I know, um, you know, I used to just get irritated with people, and now you're on my list. Um, and, and now I'm like, now you're on my prayer list. <laughs> uh, and it's it really, a prayer list. Yeah, it really does trans. I mean, like, but that really is transformative. Yeah. Um, you know, because. It's hard to be angry at somebody that you're praying for. Yeah. Yeah. And Jesus is clear about that too. If you only love those who love you, what good is there in that? Even the mm -hmm. pagans do the same. But love yeah. your enemies, do good to those who hate you. And that includes actually wanting the good for their soul. Yeah. We got a few more in, in just a few minutes. So I'm, so I'm going to kind of move through these. But kneel during prayers is super important. That's cool. Um, mm -hmm. if, like I know my students always ask me that all the time. Why do we kneel? Ugh. And I'm like, can you? are you able to? 
yeah. than we should, right? This idea of, of maybe being a little bit uncomfortable right. it's is a posture of humility, yeah. but yeah. mainly it's to show respect for who yeah. we are praying to. Mm-hmm. Put a Catholic sticker on your car. I have like four or five of them. <laughs> it's awesome. This also helps to remind yes. you to, you know, this also helps when you're in traffic because yeah. then you remember who's on the back. John Paul II is on the back of mine. And every time I'm like, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean, right? yeah. uh, take advantage of some indulgences. I right? talk, talk about, Right, a hack to heaven. It's <laughs> a, a, a clever way of putting heaven, it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, indulgences remove temporal uh, penalties. It's not something that's really understood very w- right. well, I find. Um, but uh, it's part of the church's infallible teaching, which means right. that no Catholic is at liberty to disbelieve in them. That's mm. true. That's very and true. we can all take advantage of them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, enroll people in mass when you give greeting cards and thank yous. Mm. That's what? a cool idea. Yeah, yeah. this uh, is pretty cool. A perpetual mass society or uh, Gregorian masses, a mm. number of masses being said for a person. Right. It's very important because we believe that those prayers of the mass are efficacious. They right. they have great effect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pay people back with an hour of adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. That's an awesome. I like that. I know a lot of people um, have have come or or texted me and said, hey, I'm going to adoration. What can I pray for you for? Mm -hmm. Um, Again, the idea of being intentional, uh, it makes it it makes it more than something that we do in passing. Mm -hmm. Rather than just saying, also, I'm going to pray for you. Yeah. You're making an intention to say, I am going to pray for you and here's where I'm going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's, that's one of it is when someone shares a problem with you, pray for them on the spot Mm -hmm. is another one. Um, We say that all the time. Oh, well, okay. Well, I'll keep you in my prayers. And, it's something, it's something of, um, you know, getting out of our comfort zone. Yeah. People will say, can we pray right now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's super powerful because it's, it, it, for that person that you're praying for, um, it means like, I'm with you right now. Right. I'm with you in prayer right yep. now. Um, say grace in public, right? Sometimes I know that for those of you who are watching, sometimes when I started to do this, it was always like, Oh yeah. The sign of the cross <laughs> is kind of, uh, and I was like, I'm saying yeah. it while I'm preparing now my who's the secret agent. Yeah. 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 Uh, but it doesn't have to be a big show, but say grace in public and challenge your friends to do that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim say, adds even at vending machines. Yes. <laughs> even at vending machines, right? Those Cheetos need a blessing for sure. That's right. Okay. Doesn't take the high fructose out of them, but yeah. Yeah. Um, say God bless you. Right. May God bless you this Advent season. May may God bring you peace this this Advent season. Mm-hmm. Um, very very powerful and a way to to say, you know, it's a it's a greeting I think, mm-hmm. but also one with meaning. Mm-hmm. I think um, if you say it all together, right? Well, may God bless you. Yeah. And be very intentional yeah. about it. And it's yeah. not just like a, I'm leaving. Flip right. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God bless. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, Stand up for God. Then this is, will be our last one. Stand up for God when someone uses his name in vain. How many times do we hear that and yeah. we let it slide? Um, but just to say, um, I'm really not comfortable with that. Or like, or what I usually do something? is I turn it into a prayer. Yeah. If they say, you know, the Lord's name in vain, I go, yes, he is. He is, yeah. he is our Lord. Mm-hmm. He is holy. Mm-hmm. And you can do it in such a way where you're letting the person know that yeah, this isn't really cool with yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also generally not cool with God. Right. <laughs> you know? That's true. But the whole idea is to be intentional, y'all, especially in this season of Lent. Start small, be intentional. That's right. And uh, we're going to intentionally take a little bit of a break. We'll be right back. You're watching and listening to The Catholic Underground. Stay right there. A prayer for vocations. O God, who wills not the death of a sinner, but rather that he be converted and live, 
Grant, we beseech you, through the intercession of the Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, Saint Joseph, her spouse, and all the saints, an increase of laborers for your church, fellow laborers with Christ, to spend and consume themselves for souls. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Welcome back. You have found the Catholic Underground. Underground. <laughs> We're here at the Underground, y'all. Come on back now. I'm Father Chris Decker. Joined by Olivia Galino, Kathleen Lee, Jeff Blackwell, Ed Ball. Our picks of the week are coming, coming, coming up first. I, think I, just, I need to take a knee. Mm. I don't understand what's going on here. You know, you, you may hear us uh, over the course of the Advent season uh, talking about, uh, about Lent. Because it's, you know, yeah, sorry. it does happen. <laughs> but, you know, uh, if, if you're a new listener to the show, um, we actually at the Catholic Underground coined a phrase a very long time ago. It may have almost been a decade ago that we, we tend to refer to Advent as Christmas Lent. Which I'm super thankful for <laughs> because that one just slipped out. Well, our deacon uh-huh. at Mass said it earlier today. He was like, all right, you know, happy Lent. I mean, Advent. I remember thinking, how can you get the two mixed up? And there it just came yeah. out in the mouth. It's a lot of purple. The only yeah. thing different are candles. You know, that's true. That's true. You, you got extra candles. <laughs> that's about true. Yeah. But at any rate, uh, yeah, so we, we call it Christmas Lent. Because, you know, there is a penitential character to, to Advent. Uh, it's just not as pronounced as it is in the Lenten mm-hmm. season. In fact, um, I'd have to do a little more research, but I do recall something about the, the Advent fast. There was uh, mm-hmm. some sort of a penitential um, act and, and for those of you who are in the chat room you're going to tell me all about it while yeah, I'm, right. while I'm doing the why show why is it so contentious the past few years like the idea of fasting in advent have y'all I'm, noticed I'm sure. that no I, I, yeah okay. yeah like you're not supposed to yeah, yeah they're, people they're are even, very staunchly on one side or the other yeah. really well you know the thing about fasting is at any time of the year it's okay except yeah. on a solemnity Amen. Oh, I did. Oh, yeah, you, you can't. Right. You, ha- you you must yeah. feast with the church. That's right. right. Like yeah. St. Joseph's Day, even when it's during Lent. That's right. You better eat. That's I have right. no problem with that at all. No, no need for a dispensation no, either. If right. it's St. Joseph's Day, if it's a solemnity. That's right. That's why. That's why for Christmas I'm going to get Jeff the 2018 Ordo so he can find all the solemnities. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's Which, by the way, if you don't know what an Ordo is, O R D O, make sure you Google that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So as we come back to the Catholic underground, uh, you know, we talk about this a, a little bit on and off in, in varied ways, but especially in the Advent season, it makes sense as we talk about getting ready for, for the giving of gifts to kind of make that connection mm-hmm. with what's supposed to happen inside of us. Because one of the things that often happens in, um, in, in this time of year in any kind of holiday season is that people start to find their their joy challenged, right? Joy mm-hmm. is a fruit of the spirit, and and because it's a fruit of the spirit, it comes about whenever virtue is exercised. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we would say that you know the the way to joy is recognizing that there is virtue in the law of the gift. Yeah, kind of a John Paul the Secondy kind of phrase, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, everyone I, I think nowadays can associate John Paul the Second with the, uh, the theology of the body, um, certainly with his long pontificate, because a lot of people um, who are alive now were, you know, most of their life was spent under his pontificate. But really, like, uh, undergirding everything that he did, everything that he taught, including theology of the body, is this law of the gift or this giftedness, um, which basically just means that 
you see the other as a gift um, and you want to give of yourself to the other as a gift in whatever form that takes depending on the relationship. Um, and I love that um, I'm going to read something from Gaudi Metzpez. And actually, I, I read something once that said um, if John Paul had had his own like personal car and he needed a vanity plate for it, <laughs> it would have been GS24 because yeah, that's the he, key right there. Yeah, like this is mm. this is the thing that anything you read of his that he wrote and he wrote a lot of stuff. He quotes this almost ad nauseum. Um, so Gaudi says paragraph 24 says the human being who is the only creature on earth that God willed for itself cannot attain its full identity except through a disinterested gift of self. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's that disinterested gift of self that we're going to talk about, um, especially what that disinterested part means. Um, So this really is, like we said, one of those um, facets of his teaching that comes up again and again, um, and it's the hallmark of his teaching, we could say. Um, But the paradox uh, behind that law of the gift is that the more of yourself that you give away, the more full you become. Uh, You become more full. uh, It's kind of the paraphrase of what Jesus tells us in the scriptures, right? Mm -hmm. Is that those of you who wish to save your life will lose it. Mm -hmm. But those of you who lose your life for my sake and that of the gospel will save it. Right. Yeah. And even Mother Teresa, she says something like, um, if you give until it hurts, it no longer hurts. Mm -hmm. Something like that. They're going to be no longer hurt, only love. Only love. There you go. Bringing it out. I tell you, uh, the saints yeah. just take those scriptures and kablam, they explode them. Right, yeah. In a good sense, a good explosion, <laughs> right? Like the Big Bang. Yeah. Like the Big Bang, mm-hmm. yes, discovered by that a Catholic was, priest. That was a good explosion. That was. Uh, it's the reason we're here, so let's celebrate. That's right. Um, but yeah, so that's like that that idea of giftedness. It seems like a foreign concept, especially when you talk about it like that, but it's something that we know to be true. I mean, think about like your own life. Think about the last time that you you gave of yourself. Like, like you know, Kathleen was talking about earlier, um, when you say in, in line to the cashier, you say like, well, may God bless you. That kind of hurts a little bit because it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's a little bit awkward to say some, like in a really casual moment, like, well, may God bless you in this Advent yeah. season. Like that's weird to people, yeah. but it, so it hurts a little bit, Especially but if you don't have something. like a collar or a habit on, I think it yeah. might, even though it might feel still feel awkward to y'all, like in the moment, people are like, oh, that's a priest. Okay, got it. Right. But if I were just to come out and say, you know, may God bless you in this Advent season, you're mm-hmm. right. I'd get like, what? Yeah. yeah, I don't suppose I think about it that much. Yeah. I guess they would expect it to come from me. Mm-hmm. Right. Although I still get weird looks. <laughs> well. A what now? <laughs> like, I won't say Merry Christmas. Mm. I will say Happy Advent to every Merry Christmas that I hear. Mm. Yeah. Until, of course, December 24th and a half. <laughs> yes. that's, a, that's a good plan of action i've just been kind of avoiding the question like mm-hmm. so people will say merry christmas and i'm like have a good day <laughs> like yeah. no, I'll, I'll say i'll say have happy advent I, I don't want to put the cart before the horse or i don't, I don't oh, want to yeah. ruin the christmas season or something so you yeah. kind of make it jovial yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. because i recognize the other person is a gift right. and they are trying to express to me in sure. some way the anticipation that they're experiencing mm-hmm. right yeah you know? and so like that's that's the whole crux of the concept is um it's simple but it's profound you know the fact that man can't achieve true fulfillment and joy really without first giving himself away um and there's a lot of ways that we can do that that we can make a gift of ourselves. um we can give our time we can give our talent we can give our money, um, if, you, if, the, if that pertains to you, to those who are obviously in need. Uh, we can give back to our communities in other tangible ways. Um, and these are valuable, they're meaningful acts of charity. Um, but really the most fundamental way of living the law of the gift 
is much more basic. Um, and it comes down to this. The law of the gift means actively trying not to consume other people. <laughs> That's right. Actively right. trying not to consume other people. And that seems really odd phrasing. Maybe it seems like odd phrasing. But we live in a consumerist culture. I think we can all recognize that uh, or maybe take a moment for reflection and then come to recognize that. Mm-hmm. Like we live in a, a culture of I take everything in and I don't really churn anything out. Right. Uh, and and even um, to the point where it's not just products and um experiences that we're consuming it can even be other people now right mm-hmm. well and that's and that's what happens whenever there's a society that begins to exist without god right is we we always we always consume right mm-hmm. um unless we are consumed by divine love mm-hmm. then we begin to accept kind of the 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 diet version of that we try to, we, we begin to accept the the poor copy of it right and the poor copy of love well St. John Paul II said it very well, right? The opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is use. Use. And so that's what we begin to do. We begin to use other people in the sense that we consume them as objects. Objectification. Pornea. Right. And you know when that happens to you because you instantly, it's like walls go up inside you. And you know that the person who is, you know, talking to you or or doing something to you is using you in some way. And you're Mm -hmm. like, you're reacting against it. Um, And so... It's, it may be hard to see how we can do that to other people, especially because there are certain behaviors that just kind of become commonplace. Like, like thinking about the last time you went to the coffee shop, like, did you, did you look at the barista? Did you notice his or her name? Did you say thank you? Um, cause sometimes we can look at, you know, the people who work at, at our local coffee shops and say, see them as a means to our morning caffeine. Like I gotta, right. I gotta get it and go. Right. Like, You're standing between me and the coffee. Give me the coffee. Yeah. Right. Like mm-hmm. I need you to be more efficient because my time is more valuable. Yeah. you know yeah. uh, or you know even uh, I've been guilty of this because I'm super introverted but like wanting a friend to go to a party with so you don't have to go alone or you don't have to walk in alone yeah. like I've done that where I'm just like scrambling for someone at the last minute like anyone and then I have to stop myself and be like that's kind of messed up you shouldn't do that to other people <laughs> Wait um, a minute. Yeah. or even I mean think about how we live in a very um maybe sometimes not in the best way, other, other oriented culture. So like we look for others as the source of our comfort the source of our happiness, the source of whatever. Um, and it's even the source of our pleasure. So, you know, if you've ever been in a relationship where maybe the other person was just kind of that source of comfort for you, Mm -hmm. uh, that's a kind of use. Um, a a codependency, right? Yeah. Even. Yeah. And like we said, like you, you know, when that's happening to you, but it may not be as uh, apparent when you're, and it's happening to someone else because of you. Um, and that's, uh, I think this is a good topic to talk about because we all need this kind of um, moment for self uh, reflection. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what happens is these unique people, um, unique gifts of God, uh, become bits and pieces for us to use for our own benefit um, yeah. instead of seeing as the whole person. Right. We're taking a part of them, like their ability to make awesome coffee. Mm-hmm. I'm taking that as mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I'm taking your sociability in awkward situations. I'm taking that as mine. Uh, and it's what it, it ends up being is sad. Um, it also ends up being de- dehumanizing. Yeah. Um, and, and we do it almost autom- automatically. It's um, funny, too, that that I think people who, who themselves have been used, I mean, to go back to the barista, mm-hmm. um, there's something I've noticed, and it might just be because there's a collar around my neck. I don't know. You'll have to you'll have to reflect with me, but uh, the, I can tell sometimes whenever I'm taking the time to get to know the person either behind the register or or at the at the bar, um, 
to, to say, you know, I recognize that you're a human being. And, I, mm-hmm. and maybe I'll say it by doing what we Louisianians do. We strike up a conversation with somebody. You know, we, I, I, I maybe mention their, the artwork that's stuck to their, sure. their name <laughs> tag or something. And they're almost surprised Mm-hmm. That I'm I'm taking the time to to actually speak to them past. Would you like fries with that? You know, right, what, what's yeah. your order? Um, and it's almost as if they they people almost want to say like, well, I, I'm just here to to you know, yeah, mm-hmm. do what you've asked. No, no, you are providing a service, and and because you're providing a service for me, I want you to know that you're acknowledged. Right. And it's almost like people are getting to a point now where they don't expect to be acknowledged sure. for, right. for you know. And that's when we boil down people towards what they can do for me. Right. You know, they, they're simply an object to my gratification. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's, they're used to just, how are you? And then, you know, they say it and people are just like out the door. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, as, I, as you all know, I have a great love for truck stops. Yes. And, um, <laughs> yes. and the Rice Krispie yeah, treats the Rice Krispie therein. Treats. A couple years ago, my friend Rock and I were, were um, driving to Atlanta and we stopped at a, at a gas station. And I mean, it was... I mean, it was 10 o'clock at night, so this woman probably either was just getting onto a late night shift mm-hmm. or had been at, on a shift the whole time. And I was, you know, I was snack oriented. <laughs> Rock was person, you know, oriented. Yeah. And he he took the time, you know, to ask her, how was your day? Are you just starting your shift? And, blah. and you could see, like, she hesitated. Right. But then it was like, oh, you could just see it. Like, I've been waiting for someone to just, yeah. like... Just yeah. ask. And we didn't have, we didn't sit there for two hours. It was just a, a, you know, but you could see like just the gratitude of, of him treating her as if she was a human being, which right. is yeah. what she was, what she is. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. And I think especially in our like current, and I mean that as like the last few weeks kind of climate of like all of this talk about like, like sexual harassment and that kind of thing. Uh, like this, this is especially relevant because like that's a kind of consumption. Like yeah. when someone, man or woman, takes something from another person, yeah. Um, whether it be like overtly sexual or not, like mm-hmm. that's that's it's a it's a kind of uh, theft, right? Um, because it's yeah. use, you know. And, and I dare say whether it's, I mean, we always talk about consensual. Whether it's consensual or not doesn't change the fact that it's use, right? Yeah. You know, we, we forget that, that when, when something is immoral, it is immoral. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Know? And all of this just really comes down to the fact that like, you know, we, we know these experiences um, and this is very, um, if you, if you're familiar with the theology of the body, this is something John Paul does. He, he looks at human life experiences and says, what can we learn from them? So these are all experiences that we've had. Maybe we've been uh, like victim to them, or maybe we've been perpetrator of them. Um, but what it comes down to is the reality that we have to actively fight that carnal desire, that, that human, that bodily desire within us to grope only for what we can gain for ourselves, mm-hmm. to look at someone or something else and saying, and, and say, that's mine or, or that can be mine. What can I do to get it? Um, when we live the law of the gift, when we focus on giving to others instead of just consuming them, uh, we become more aware of ourselves really as being fashioned in the image and likeness of God. Um, you start to realize your own giftedness, uh, and then it's kind of a cycle. It plays back on the other. So like you realize, okay, I am a gift. How can I give myself as gift to others? And then it flows back, you know, continually again and again. And you do that for other people. When you look at someone as a gift, like Kathleen was talking about the lady who worked at uh, the truck stop, like it, she had a moment of realizing, okay, someone sees me. Like yeah. I am a gift to someone. Maybe that, maybe that's not the words that she was using or thinking of, but that's what, that's the experience. That's that moment of recognition. When you say someone's name, well, cause you can see it on their name tag. You say they're like, Hey Ruth, thank you so much today for all your help. 
it's like, oh, well, yeah. thank you're yeah. welcome. You know, like that's, you've, you've seen them for a minute. Uh, and that's what, that's what giftedness really means. It's that way that we love uh, others. It really should be akin to self-sacrificial love. Right. And where do we see that most prominently and most perfectly on the cross? Um, because, you know, Christ's love is, is evidence of God's love, which spares us nothing. Right. Um, he, he holds back nothing, even his only son. And even, you know, in Christ's life, I've read uh, certain church fathers before who say that, um, you know, Christ, it would have been enough for him to shed one drop of blood uh, to redeem the whole world. Yeah. But he gave everything. He gave yeah. absolutely everything. He emptied himself. That's what, you know, the divine mercy image is. It's blood and water flowing from the heart of Christ. And mm-hmm. he just empties himself out for us because it's not enough to just do a drop. Sure. Um, he gives everything. So, you know, thinking about his heart, thinking about how our heart is reflected in, in, in his, you know, he didn't create the human heart to turn inward, to focus on itself, uh, to go through life kind of hoarding mm-hmm. and consuming things like, like storing up, uh, what are those animals? The chipmunks. Oh yeah, yeah. Chipmunks. <laughs> like store things in their cheeks and just like, nope, yeah. all mine. You know, mm-hmm. uh, he didn't create us to be like that. He created us to be outward, to be oriented towards the other. Um, so when we turn inward, that's that's a moment where we can realize like, all right, something's not right. Gotta yeah. take a step back. Um, and it's hard, um, especially because we do become kind of sick and miserable when we when we turn inward. Um, but the remedy to that is that outward turn. Um, yeah. and it, but it is hard to do that. It's doesn't it's always seem like it, right? It doesn't, yeah. it seems like if I just, you know, get the pita chips and watch, binge watch anything on Netflix yeah. and take me time. Mm-hmm. Well, no, actually I find that you can only do that for so long before you realize I, I'm, I'm lonelier than I was. Right. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. There's an emptiness. I'm, I'm less of a person than I was because yeah. well, how do I didn't f- reach out. Yeah. How can we fulfill ourselves with ourselves? Yeah. yeah, you know, we're we're lacking somewhere, and we're going to discover that about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Humanity's been yeah. trying to do it for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. As, yeah. and like you're saying, not what we were made for, for sure. Yeah, and especially like thinking about that consumerist idea. Like, if you go around taking little parts of other people and kind of collecting them in yourself, you have like a Franken person. You don't have you. Yeah, you don't. You're not becoming more of who you are. You're becoming less of other people. And I think that's maybe the the great malaise of our society today is is that we we can kind of be. Taught taught to do that right Mm -hmm. and and I'm a little bit of this person a little bit of that person well I mean that's how behaviors are learned Mm -hmm. but but if you don't ever reflect on those then they never you never make them your own right and that's part of growing into not just uh, behavioral adulthood but spiritual adulthood too and it, it, which is why we, we take our mass obligation upon ourselves. It's why we take our prayer mm-hmm. obligation upon ourselves is so that all of these things can come together. Yeah. And I can see how my personhood is rooted in my sonship, daughtership mm-hmm. uh, uh, of God and yeah. in my in my family ship, my brotherhood with with Jesus Christ, you mm-hmm. know, exactly. and and. All of those things don't seem to make sense. They are a stumbling block, as St. Paul says to those who don't believe. But for we who do believe, it is the power of God, mm-hmm. you know. And, and that's really why all of this makes sense to us um, if, if we just simply say, well, you know, Lord, I want to let you help me to discover who I am mm-hmm. and to use all the tools at, at, uh, at my disposal. Yeah. And he's going to say, heck yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. And so, I mean, if you want more joy in your life, it's not 
like a hundred percent money back guarantee, but this is a place to start, you yeah. know, live the law of the gift. Sure. And it, like we were talking about, like it's painful because you have to kind of come up against your own emptiness. Uh, and it, that's a, a little bit of a frightening place, but it's much better than coming up against like a void of, I have no idea who I am. Um, and so it doesn't necessarily mean this living the law of the gift doesn't mean you give up things, good things like volunteering at soup kitchens mm -hmm. or, you know, giving away uh, used clothes to charity or, um, you know, spending time at the food bank. It doesn't mean giving up those things um, right. because those are good things, yeah. but it means animating them with this idea of why am I doing this? That's right. Yeah. Because I want to be Intentionality. Yes. Yeah. Intentional. That's right. It's like there's a point to this. <laughs> what? <laughs> so it really is just like looking at the questions behind everything that I'm doing. And, and it's all, like Father was talking about, it's all about relationship. Yeah. You know, we have a relationship with God the Father, we are willed because he wants a relationship with us. And so it's bringing that relationship into everything that we do. Um, because every person you encounter, you have a relationship with that person. It's yeah. never just a like, see you, bye, I'll never see you again. It's always a relationship. Sure. So it's it's looking at, instead of like, what can you do for me or what value can you bring to me? It's what can I do for you? Mm -hmm. How are you doing? Yeah. And being real about that question, wanting, being willing like uh, Rock was to just sit there and be like, how are you? Yeah. Tell me about it. Um, and if you do that, honestly, your entire life changes because it really does become that animating force to your life. Yeah. It becomes the, the joy that illuminates everything. Yeah. Uh, your heart begins to overflow because you are becoming more uh, it, like the image of God. You know, that's mm -hmm. what his heart does. It overflows for us. So that emptiness that sometimes we come up against yeah. It'll start to disappear. And that overflow is possible in us too. Yeah. You know, the Lord takes the little bit that we give and he says, I will provide the overflow. Right. You know, that's it's the life of grace. Exactly. And because I've been accused in the chat room of not uh, connecting this to a Star Trek episode. Uh, oh, who go. said that? <laughs> who? I want names. Star, Star Trek The Next Generation has a great episode, uh, The Measure of a Man, which talks about, uh, about Data the Android. Ah, yes. And, uh -huh. and yep. uh, mm. uh, this court proceeding as to whether or not he can be considered a person. Very, very interesting mm. um, meditation on personhood. And then, of course, uh, Star Trek Voyager. Of course. Right? <laughs> Kathleen's favorite because Catherine Janeway, female Starfleet captain extraordinaire. Yep. Yeah. Um, there's a, an episode about the doctor who's a hologram, and uh, he wants to be considered an author of a, of a hollow novel. And so there's this great discussion on personhood. So there you go. Query, hollow novel? Yeah, hollow novel. I know. Okay. You know You know what, Jeff? I think we're going to stop it right there uh -huh. and just do that part of the show that we like to call the CU Pick of the Week. Uh, Don't we have like a little audio for that? Level, level 12 geek 12 alert? Geek yeah. alert. That's right. Uh, oh, my. Yeah, yeah. Uh, David in the chat room says personhood is the big issue of our age. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yep, yeah. Some would say it's been the big issue of at least the last, I don't know, three or four centuries. Yeah, mm -hmm. since, certainly since the Enlightenment. Yeah, yeah. At any rate. Indeed. Oh, my. Sorry. I, I had a pensive moment there. But here on the lighthearted part of the show, uh, Kathleen, your pick of the week. Yes, I know I've picked her before, um, but Cassie P's Designs, a good friend of mine um, in Indiana, I believe, I met her at an Echo Theology of the Body Camp, um, does beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Catholic graphic art. And every year, um, you know, this is Kathleen's Christmas, That's right. not yeah. really Christmas, Advent. Yeah. Um, Gifts preparation, forgiven. That's right. Gift. Mm -hmm. show, preparation part K. of the show. Um, <laughs> I am a huge fan of writing uh, handwritten notes. Yep. I love it. Um, and so every year I pick out a Christmas card that I would like to send to you know way more people than my little hand can can tolerate. Um, 
but it's very hard to find good Catholic uh, or at least religious cards because mm-hmm. either it's happy holidays or it's something that um, just not very pretty. It's generic. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, so Cassie Peace Designs happy every year. Happy generic season of these times. <laughs> happy, yeah. yeah. Uh, she put out this, if you're watching, um, she, I'll have the her this year's card. I just ordered them. So if you get one of these from me, get excited. Uh, it's coming your way. And it's a beautiful image of Our Lady and the Baby Jesus. Oh. And it says, for God so loved the world. Yeah, it's yeah. A And she's, she's beautiful. actually put out three, I think, at least three in the last three years. I used hers last year. Um, you can get a pack of 10 of them or you can get a pack of 20, which comes with five bonus cards. What? Yeah. And what I love about it, um, because I'm kind of a snob, um, <laughs> is it's blank on the inside. Oh, so you can write what? on both sides. Yeah. And so like, it, so it's not like as much as scripture is beautiful. Um, sometimes they also put like half the Bible and then they put, um, <laughs> oh, then, yeah. they put then they put like, all this, you know, wishing that write your own stuff. Too right? much wishing. Write your own message. It's beautiful, very well done, beautiful graphics. Um, CassiePeaceDesigns.com. Yep. All right. I said we'll put it in the show notes, mm-hmm. though, so you don't have to think about it too hard. Yeah. Olivia. Right. So my pick of the week is not related to Advent, mea culpa. But okay. uh, so I noticed that a lot of people have those little pop-out things oh, on yeah, their yeah. phone. And I was looking on Amazon for one. Uh, I don't know why. I was just like, I don't know if the pop-out will work for me. Uh, well, no, I do know why. Because I drop this constantly. So I was like, <laughs> I need something that, like, even if I let oh, go of it, it will stay on my hand. It's got a little finger Remember hole there? on yeah. the back of it. Does it stick onto your phone or is it part of the case? Yeah, it sticks on the phone. Okay. Um, so the case is separate. They just happen to be the same color. Uh, it's called the tear ring. And it's on Amazon, I think, for like $9. Because it's shaped like a teardrop. And it's tastes mm-hmm. like, shaped like oh. it. But it also, yeah. like, so, so it's it a sticky oh. and it rotates 360 ah. degrees. So I can hold it with this hand. I, I can hold that. it like this. I can do it like this. And it's a little stand. So nice. if I need to watch a video or Come something. Come on. For those yes. of you following at home, that's yeah. a jealous Jeff you just heard. <laughs> Don't worry. Christmas well, yeah. is coming soon, Mr. Jeff. Oh, He'll take his in yeah. rose gold as well. He likes yes, uh, they, they might have manlier colors. If not. <laughs> Spray Perhaps paint. taupe. They say taupe is very soothing. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. it is. Very neutral. Yeah. That's, that's right. right. So Nicely that's my done. pick of the week. Yeah, that's yeah. a good pick of the week. Uh, Jeff, you got, you got a pick this I, week? I've got a show and tell pick for Ooh, those of you yeah. who are watching the video stream. But for those of you by radio uh-huh. um, uh, in my hands. It's a, it's a, it's a weed device. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It's like uh, two inches high, about three quarter inches wide, and about one fourth of an inch thick. So it's rather small. It's perfect for sleight of hand. It is a 128 gigabyte drive, but this what? is made for backing up your smartphone. Nice. So you have the lightning connector on one end, yeah. or if you want to flip it over, it looks like a USB uh, connection. Oh. oh. It's uh, for an Android phone. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so yeah. you can actually use uh, this to, to back up your smartphone and then transfer it to uh, like uh, your, your laptop. And then uh, wow. or I have a couple of hard drives that I use for backing up stuff. Because I just don't, I don't know. The cloud thing, yeah, it's convenient, but. Uh, yeah, I lose stuff in the cloud. I don't know where it goes. Yeah, Sometimes okay. Kathleen gets lost the in the fall. I always right? text Father Chris. I'm like, Father Chris, where is this? Where is my cloud? Oh my this will be in the show notes, by the way. It's EA top is the is the brand name nice. and it's about 50 bucks from amazon so nice. oh, nice. that's there really cool 
My pick of the week is one that I've uh, I've actually had on my desk for a little while, uh-huh. and uh, I began reading it in the confessional because business was slow. Just saying, Advent is a time to go to confession, Ooh. so just <laughs> dropping that there. Anyway, but uh, Father Dwight Longenecker, who has written on many topics, he has a blog, uh, I believe it's called Standing on My Head. Um, yep. His book is called The Mystery of the Magi, The Quest to Identify the Three Wise Men. Mm. And uh, this was a book that, uh, like I said, I just started reading it, but it's instantly a pick of the week because he is is trying to um, to provide both historical and uh, legendary uh, accounts and to bring them together with what the scriptures tell us. Yeah. And so um, this has been done a couple of times uh, by, by some scientists and things of that nature, as well as some biblical scholars. And so he's kind of synthesizing all the data. And Father Longenecker really writes very well. And so it's a, it's a book that you don't have to be um, a scripture scholar to read. And uh, I found it very, very good. And I'm only a couple of chapters in, but it's it's one of those where the, you, you begin to turn the pages as soon as you read it. Yeah. What's um, the name of it again? The Mystery of the Magi. Okay. The Quest to Identify the Three Wise Men. It's from um, uh, Regnery History, and, um, and we'll put a link to it in the show notes good. as well. Uh, he says uh, that there are three common myths about the Magi, right? That they were... That, that there were three of them, mm-hmm. um, that they were on a spiritual quest to find the Messiah, and that they were kings. And so he says... Are these things true? Are they not not true? Are they not true? Are they All not the... not not true? Exactly. Before you know it, you've canceled yourself out. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, that's my pick of the week. Uh, Jeff, we are always grateful. In fact, my pick of the week is also you. You who are listening to us, you who are watching us. Um, we thank. We are thankful for them, aren't we, Jeff? Yes. And this week, the Catholic Underground is possible because of people just like you. Join the growing number of undergrounders at catholicunderground.com slash donate. Also, portions of the Catholic Underground are brought to you by audibletrial.com slash catholicunderground. That's audibletrial.com slash catholicunderground. Oh, yeah. If you want the show notes for this episode, if you want to subscribe to the podcast audio, you can go to catholicunderground.com on the interwebs and find all of our latest episodes. Um, I can't say all of them yet because I think maybe over the Christmas holidays I'm going to do some archiving because we've wow. got 200 something episodes to archive on the new website. My goodness, yeah. I know, right? Get anyway, to work. Have fun. yeah, I know. Happy Advent to you. That's right. Uh, that that voice you heard is Kathleen Lee. She's the benefactress. She's our faith ninja, our hope samurai. Thank you, Kathleen. Anytime. Also, Olivia Galino at OM Galino on Twitter. Her bruschetta is to die for. Thank Ooh. you, Olivia. <laughs> Thanks, Father. It is really good. Uh, I should be dead already. Uh, all right. Uh, also, uh, Jeff Blackwell is up there in space. Jeff, thank you very much. You're our technical director. And you're at Jeff Blackwell on Twitter. It's a privilege, Father. Thank you. And an honor is mine. Uh, let's see. Our research assistant, the leader of the crew in the lab, is Jim Hayes. Our video director is Ed Ball this week. And you know me. I am Father Chris Decker. You can follow me on Twitter at Digital Catholic. You know, I'm, I'm close to 10,000 users. Wow. Just, or, or, you know, followers. So Woo! famous. I know. I don't know how it happened. Anyway, <laughs> we hope we've helped you cut through the noise and find that still small voice. We're Catholic Underground. We're Faith Gone Digital. We'll see you next time.